0: Now, your host, Marguerite Crispillo. Hey, everybody.
1: What is going on out there in the real estate real world? I am Marguerite Crispillo, and welcome to our podcast, Real Estate Real World, of course. I'm sure you are all subscribed over on iTunes. And if you're not, please do so. And I would love, love, love your reviews. Those reviews help me get up there, the ratings. So, we're always looking for great guests, and today we have a fantastic guest that I'm excited to get to chat with. I've been following him for a bit on Facebook, and we're, we're in a lot of the same circles, and he has a great Facebook group called Real Estate Marketing. So welcome, welcome, Steve Jolly. Steve Jolly is a marketer and real estate broker who started selling real estate in 2005. When he started in real estate, Steve wanted to break into the REO market because of his experience in construction and B2B sales. He was told that it was impossible and that it would take two years to get his first listing. I love it when they say it's impossible, don't you? Yes, I do. Not paying attention to the naysayers, Steve listed 13 REO properties in his first full year in real estate. That is pretty impressive. Throughout his career, Steve has refused to listen to those who say it can't be done and found a way to make it happen. It's just how he has built. I love that. After graduating from the University of Tennessee with a degree in statistics, oh, you love all the numbers, huh? I'm
2: a math nerd,
1: yes. Yes, Steve, I'm horrible at math, so I failed algebra three times. Steve started working with a medical device manufacturer helping to improve their processes and make higher quality products. He was awarded by the governor of Tennessee for his efforts to improve the quality of products and processes in manufacturing. Steve was the project leader and the driving force that led his company to ISO 9001 certification in record time without any consultants and a 10% of the estimated cost. After becoming plant manager of a medical device company, he slowly shifted to sales and never looked back. He left the medical device company in 2000 with his family to his wife's hometown of Nashville, Tennessee. I love yeah. Nashville. I've only been there once or twice. I need to come back out and visit. Please do. In 2006, Steve realized that the future of sales was online and he developed his own websites to generate leads and better market his listings. Gaining success online, he slowly shifted his focus from REO sales to traditional real estate. With more than 350 personal sales and 500 team sales under his belt, Steve is ready to share his knowledge of generating online leads and building relationships that lead to more sales. Steve is currently a broker with Benchmark Realty in Nashville, Tennessee, and a certified real estate instructor for the state of Tennessee. He's currently teaching classes on marketing, working with investors, and transaction desk. That's fantastic. Welcome to the show, Steve.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here.
1: Oh, of course. So I came across you. I don't really know exactly how I found you, but I ended up in your real estate marketing group and your Facebook group, which is really starting to take off. You're doing some great stuff in there. And, well, and Facebook groups have become really popular, but it seems like the, 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 the tide is changing a bit. What do you think about Facebook groups?
2: Um, I, I like Facebook groups. I think that's where most of the action on Facebook is now. I rarely post on my personal timeline, mm-hmm. and I spend more time in groups, um, mostly masterminding and gaining ideas, looking for ideas for stories on Facebook. And so I think there's still a lot of value left there, but I think most of it's in in the groups.
1: Yeah, I would agree, I would agree. So what made you decide to start a Facebook group?
2: Well, I'm really into marketing and there's not a lot of great information on real estate marketing. And so I was, uh, before I started the group, I was going to other industries that I was familiar with and also um, industries that I wasn't familiar with, to pull in what they were doing um, and trying to apply it to real estate. And I just found out that there's was, there wasn't really a group in real estate that was focusing on marketing. And so since I didn't have anywhere to go, I just decided to create my own. And um, it just blew up from there.
1: Well, you know what I think is fascinating what you said about that. So I've been in real estate 23 years, so I've been doing it a while. and i always loved going out and finding marketing ideas outside the industry because it seems that the stuff that is inside the industry what the agents are doing is the same old same old and they're all just copying each other right so you get into real estate and you got to run an ad and they go oh yeah just copy the the ad in the homes magazine you're like is that still work it's kind of crazy i mean some of it does still work don't get me wrong but i love Mm -hmm. to learn stuff from outside the industry and it and it appears we're running in some of the same circles we mentioned before we went on the air today. We both follow a guy named Ben Settle. He's a copywriter. Yes, we do. He's actually a copywriter, has nothing to do with real estate. And uh, I, I think when I first heard the word copywriting, I was thinking that was like when you copyright a document or something, right? The little C <laughs> like, with a C Yeah, the little C. And then I learned that there are people who actually, you know, write the copy that is set up for advertising and marketing. Exactly. So what what have you done as far as marketing and real estate? What do you think that you are doing differently and why are you doing that?
2: Um, one of the things that I'm doing differently and most people think I'm crazy when I tell them that I do it, but I write an email every day or every weekday to my list. And and when my you list say your is,
1: list, yeah, who's your list? Hmm? Is that real estate agents or is that your clients or who is that?
2: Um, there are a few real estate agents uh, I'm sure that, that are following me, but mostly it is leads that I've generated online and my own sphere that, that, um, that are in there. So I've got about 2,200 folks right now um, and it's mostly, it's mostly online lead, that's probably 95% of it.
1: And what do you write to them every day?
2: Well, what I try to do is do something um, entertaining and informative Um, So it's usually a story based with some information about uh, the market or about some lesson I learned or about something that's inspiring. And I think one thing people really need right now more than anything else is to be inspired, especially in Nashville is really popular. It's a real tight seller's market. So especially buyers need to be inspired to 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 jump in and, and take on that. That task of buying a home, which is a little bit more difficult now than it was just a few years ago.
1: And so, I write an email every day too, but I write it to the real estate industry uh, mm-hmm. primarily. And and I've been, I've had so much fun with it. I literally just started doing it a, a month or so ago, and I love writing those stories. And but I know that many people get intimidated just writing to their database once a month. Right? Yes. Like, what the heck yes. am I going to write about? I mean, one thing I've done in my real estate career is I've written a letter of the heart more along the lines of a story that I snail mail to my database. And I've done that for 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's been the most successful thing I've ever done. And the one thing that I did consistently amongst all the other stuff that I didn't do, right? It's the yes. one thing that I did consistently. And that alone seems to be a huge struggle for many when it comes to their database. So. In going from REO to to traditional There's a completely different way you need to communicate with them and and I don't think that people think of email as marketing
2: That's correct. Yeah, I agree most people think of it as as a tool to communicate Um, But I think it is another way to reach out to folks uh, that's not very intrusive um, and that it, it gets to them and you know most i think it's like 80 or 90 percent of people are in their email inbox every day so it's something that gets to people it's something that if they enjoy what you're writing they'll open up and read um but you're right it is isn't intimidating to do that when I, when i was selling mostly reo properties and there were a lot of them in nashville one of the things I did, this was probably um, eight or nine years ago, was I would send out a list of new REO properties that hit the market every day. And a lot of people like that, and I re- there was really no other content around it other than here's this new REO listing. And so um, that was kind of the where I first started. And then after a while, when the REO market started slowing down, I just quit doing that because there wasn't new listings popping up every day. Well, and then, go ahead. Go ahead. And then a fast forward, like um, ten years later, I started following Ben and listened to some of the things he was teaching. And then I also saw something that Chris Smith posted about uh, a person that was doing something that I used to do of sending out that listing every day. And so it just was like a lightning bolt hit me right in the head. I said, "Hey, I need to combine a story." then and then, I, and then I also I also at the end of the story for folks that aren't ready to, to reply or to, or to commit you know I also put in a listing that goes back to my website So if they want to check and the, the, what the listing is I call it the the daily deal or I look through the MLS every morning and look for something I think is the best value new listing that's hit the market And so since I already have a lot of investors on my list, um, and people are very value conscious, and that's the kind of folks I try to try to um, try to attract to my list. Um, it, it just makes it a it just makes it a great win win. So they can read the stories. If they enjoy the stories, that's great. If they're ready to move, they can respond to me. And if not, they can click the link and go back to my website and take a look at that property and others that they might be interested. So I think the way that it works, it captures. Both those that are ready to move now and those that are kind of still shopping around.
1: So I want to clarify things for some of our listeners because it, I think in the circles that we run in, a list the the term list makes sense, but maybe for the real okay. estate industry it doesn't, right? So Correct. your list is a a compilation, and do you, do you use a CRM or a certain like uh, what kind of program do you use to house all those people in your list?
2: Yeah, um, I use a CRM called Follow Up Boss um, because it syncs with all of my um, lead generating websites. And so I don't email directly out of Follow Up Boss, um, but it also syncs with MailChimp. Okay. So I use, and I know that's kind of old school, but it's inexpensive and it's easy and it works great. And so I use MailChimp to mail that daily email every day.
1: And so your list is a compilation of people that you have, your, their names and emails or phone numbers that you've collected from all of your different websites that go into the CRM, which, which is where you house them and you maintain your relationship with them, and then you email out of MailChimp to all of these people that are part of your database, because we use the word synonymously, list and database, CRM is kind of all the same thing, but it's accumulating a a group of people that have some interest in hearing from you. right? And permission based, you need to have permission, they've given you permission by giving you their information.
2: Yeah, all these people have logged in, I haven't added anyone um, that hasn't asked me to, so and that's important because otherwise you're you're just spinning your wheels and w- and wasting your time. And spamming. But you're yes. right. Yeah, and spamming basically. But the uh, but you're right. The list, database, CRM, those words are all synonymous.
1: And then, so these are leads that you've generated or people people mm-hmm. that have expressed some interest and they either want to buy or sell a home, and right. they've come to you because. Of how do you get them to come to you to begin with because I want to get in a little bit to the nuts and bolts because I think that people get that's where they get a little overwhelmed and confused and of course you can always reach out to Steve we will be posting his contact information and then he has a great Facebook group where he really talks a lot about this stuff but how do you get them how do you find them to begin with how do you get them to reach out to you
2: yeah that's a great question Um, The first thing that I do is have a a website, basically it's a search based website, but it's one that's built professionally and it's designed to attract, it's it's designed to capture leads and to convert people. And so the one that I'm currently using right now, uh, I don't build my own websites anymore, I use one from Real Estate Webmasters. Oh, I love Um, them,
1: I'm talking with those guys uh, next week
2: yeah they're great. Um, and they have everything from you know custom website all the way down to templates. So no matter what your budget is, you can probably find something. Um, those websites are known to, to have high quality SEO um, and so that's basically what most of my that's where I get most of my leads from is through Google search or Bing search um, and they find my website and then they see a property that they like. Or they see an article that they wrote, and then they then they uh, sign on to get more of that information. Um, I don't do any PPC to that website, other Paper than
1: click.
2: yeah, pay per click. I don't do any pay per click advertising to that website um, in the traditional way that most people think. Um, but I also use these daily emails um, as a as a some as content that I can advertise, so people can see it and then go back to my website, read it, and if they like it, then they can sign in and continue to get those daily emails.
1: So funny story. When I was at, I was at Inman in San Francisco a month or mm-hmm. so ago, and real estate webmasters put on a big party after one of the nights they put on this big party at the hotel. And I I was in the same hotel, so I happened to get to the party first. I was the first one to the party, right? Which is never, (laughs) I don't think (laughs) it's ever good. And I walk up to the desk to where you register, and um, the guy behind the desk was, you know, getting my information and gave me my tickets and stuff. And I said, I go, oh, I said, so who are you? And he goes, oh, I'm I'm Morgan. And I said, I said, oh, are you Morgan Brown with Inman? He goes, no, 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 I'm the other Morgan. And I said, oh, the other Morgan? He goes, yeah, I I work with real estate webmasters. I go, oh, really? Like, what do you do? He goes, well, I'm the owner. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I felt I felt so stupid, you know, like I didn't know who he was, you know, and, and yes. he was so gracious. I got to actually, it was great that I was the first one there because I got to spend about 15 minutes talking to Morgan and what a brilliant man he is, you know, great guy. He
2: is, he is a very nice guy.
1: Yeah. Um, so if I understand correctly, so the important part is choosing a website company, whether it's Real Estate Webmasters, who's fabulous or, you know, any of the others but getting your site up but you know there's that famous saying that people seem to think if they build it they will come right and and I don't think that's true right like you can't just build a website and put it up there like people gotta know they have to have a reason to go there and they gotta know it exists so that's true so what are you so uh, other than SEO help us Mm -hmm. understand how you're getting people to your websites more
2: okay well part of it stems back that I've had this domain and donate domain name and I've had a website since two thousand and six, with this name.
1: What's the name? Um, Can you tell us?
2: Yeah, it's Nashville Real Estate Now. Oh, that's
1: fantastic.
2: Yeah, so I've had that website for a long time, and I've I put a lot of time into creating content on that website. So, um, you know, and and one of the things that I do to repurpose the emails that I write is every one of those gets posted on my website. So, so one of the ways I repurpose those emails and get extra mileage out of them is to put them on my website, which just creates more content about real estate. So those help out, but but also having just great community pages. Um, I, I think that's where the real secret is into creating, in creating websites that generate um, people clicking on them and coming back, is to have community pages with information on stuff that they want to read. Um, that has lots of good pictures and links and things that are very informative. Um, So many people try to, you know, just do a uh, a fill-in-the-blank type for every page, and it just doesn't come across right. It's kind of like the same boring stuff that you see on every other page, but try to be different. Try to show the real character and what it's really like to live in that community um, with data on there and um, information about it, about the schools, about the things people care about, the shopping in the area, what it's like to live there. The more that information that you can get on the website and keep it current, uh, the, the more people you'll have going to your website, the more people you'll have linking, um, and, and the better it just, it just generates, uh, it just creates more opportunities for conversion for you, for, for getting somebody from being lurking on your website to actually signing up and, and and committing to, to um, hearing what you have to say every day. And that's one other thing I, I wanted to point out is that when people sign up, I let them know that they're gonna get a, a email from me every weekday so that they're not surprised so they don't think I'm spamming them. And that helps to uh, it might make, yeah, it might make my sign ups a little bit lower but it really helps to, to uh, keep the unsubscribes at a minimum. People know what they're getting into.
1: You know, what I love what you said about that, so I don't know if you got a chance to watch um, the, Gary Varnachat, Gary Vee, did a keynote talk at Inman in San Francisco. And yes. it was it's fantastic, I'll, I'll try to post the link to it if you guys haven't watched it. But the thing I loved, what he said in there, is become the mayor of your community, right? Like, not necessarily actually the political mayor, the one who runs the the city, but you can become the mayor by, like, what you talked about on community pages, by going out and interviewing people, interviewing businesses, you know, posting articles about them on all of your community pages on your website, Mm -hmm. you know, and doing stories about, you know, the local coffee shop on the corner or, you know, the kid who just won, you know, some contest at school. Or, like, you can become that mayor of your own right within your community. And by posting a lot of that stuff on your pages, you can also drive a lot of traffic there.
2: That's correct. And that's one of the ways that I do, and I I think that's all great advice for anybody out there that's, that's trying to build their website right now.
1: So what would you tell a new or newer agent getting into the business? What would be the best way for them to get out there and market themselves and generate generate leads or generate people that are interested in their own market.
2: Yeah, um, that's another great question. I think that the part that most people skip, especially new agents, is they don't start with their audience, um, and so they don't really know what's in the mind of their audience. They don't know what they're thinking, what what keeps them up at night, what scares them. They don't understand what motivates them. And so knowing that information um, first can help you a ton in your writing because when you speak to something that's already a question in somebody's mind, it's like a light bulb goes off in their head and they really want to see. They can't help themselves. They're compelled to read what you have to say because you guys are on the same wavelength. You're on the same mindset. So really knowing your audience is the first step Uh, anybody can create content and and write stuff but writing stuff that your audience cares about uh, will get you farther than being the best writer in the world
1: so give us an example I I want to move to Nashville and I want to live in a safe neighborhood for my kids Mm-hmm. So that would be a question that you would want to answer as a real estate agent, right? You'd want to be able to dig exactly. into my brain and see what my issues are.
2: Right. So I might write a, a blog. I might title, is this neighborhood safe? Question mark. That's a question that a lot of people have. And so then, you know, we can't, in real estate, we have to be careful with that question. It's kind of a loaded yeah. track. So what I do is just try to... Uh, I tell a little story about, you know, something that has to do with safety. And then I share with them the resources that I would share with my client if they were asking me in person. So, so like the, so, you know, and I would explain why I can't give them my opinion because, you know, basically it's just my opinion and, and it's really irrelevant because what matters most is how they, how safe they feel in the area. So I tell them things to, like, you know, visit crime crimemapping.com, take a look at it, drive through the neighborhoods day and night, you know, stop by the police office and talk to the officers and get their opinion about the area, but though you know, and give them things that they can do to, to answer those questions themselves. Now, it's not real heavy teaching, but it's the same sort of advice I would give a client um, that asked me that same question.
1: Yeah, and I... I think the advice I love to give is have uh, a toolbox of stories, so to speak, right, mm-hmm. ready that you can reference at any time. You know, so uh, uh, like in your briefcase, for example, your mental brief briefcase, in your mind, a series of stories. Like uh, one of the stories that I will say when it comes to that is, look, the best thing you can do, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, is drive past the neighborhoods on a Friday night and a Saturday afternoon. Friday night, you'll see who's partying in the streets. And mm-hmm. Saturday afternoon, you're going to see who's out there mowing their lawn, doing their yard work, taking care of their house. And stop and talk to those people because a neighborhood that you might feel completely comfortable in, I would not feel comfortable in and vice versa, right? Exactly. Like you want to get to know who your neighbors are and get to know who they are ahead of time. So a story like that is a great story that you can use to not only maybe write about like you did when it talks when you talk about safety but be able mm-hmm. to use when you're actually meeting with your clients face to face.
2: Sure. Yeah, that's great.
1: So what have been some of your what would you say has been your most successful email campaign maybe or marketing campaign that you've done that you that you got the best out of? Sorry, I have lights in my office that go um, that are on a sensor. And <laughs> and it's so funny story. The, my, my desk is big and it covers the partially covers the, so it can't see that I'm in the office. So about every twenty minutes the lights go off. So I'm over here waving trying to get the lights. Off. <laughs> anyway, I digress. I digress. So go ahead. What's your what's your favorite way to market or what has been you think the most successful thing you've done?
2: Yeah, so what I do is so I take these emails that I write every day. And uh, they go out via MailChimp and they go in people's inboxes and there's tracking set up for each one of those emails so I know uh, when somebody um, looks into or when they open the email or when they click on the link and because that syncs with my CRM I can see it with inside my CRM and the same thing with um, my my lead generating website. When somebody's searching on my website or looking at homes, I can see what activity they go through there. So the email that I send out every day is great, and it gets people to respond to it. But really, and you've probably heard this before. Really, the fortune is in the follow up. Yes. So what do I do to follow up? I think that's the most important thing. So so. Besides writing that email every day and responding quickly to those reply, the other thing I do is I go through my my CRM every day and I look for what I call triggers. But they're things like people that are opening your email or or clicking on links and, or or looking on your site. So if they're doing that, and if they're doing that more than just once. That you know that an indication that they're more than serious about buying a home. So that's when I'll follow up with another email. I'll follow up with a telephone call. I'll follow up with a text, just to um, touch base and and to try to get them to take that next step in the process. So I and it's pretty. It's a pretty simple system. And there's not. It's not a huge complicated funnel. It's basically just writing an email, responding to people if they hit reply or call you back. And then looking for triggers in your CRM and then reaching out to those who trigger and so the rest of the people if they're not opening my daily emails or they're not look, searching on my site I don't focus on them so I don't have to worry about trying to call 2,000 people in my database I'm just focusing on the ones that are actively doing something because that's to me it's just like raising their hand and saying I need some help here um, and so so that got me to a certain point but I had to find a way how to convert those, and so the what so what I do is, I you know I don't send the same email out that I would send every day to somebody that like that that sends me a trigger or, or that raises their hand. I would send out something a short conversational email to them or a telephone call or a text, um, and just trying to find out where they are on what I call the conversion pathway. And then so I'm using questions that I think are in their mind. So like if they're a new buyer, I'm, you know, I'm asking questions that I think that relate to a new buyer versus somebody that's further down the road, that's going to have a completely different set of questions in their mind. Um, And then I also try to ask questions uh, uh, to try to qualify them uh, of what I call, well, actually what... uh, what Joe Polish, who's also a copywriter has a podcast. Yeah, I love marketing.
1: Podcasts. Yes, That's I love marketing.
2: He calls these folks five-star prospects. And so I try to qualify them along the way. And so a five-star prospect is somebody that has – they have to have each of these five things at a bare minimum if they're going to work with you. So they've got to be willing to communicate. They've got to be friendly and cooperative. They've got to know what they want. And know when they want it and they've got to know that they want to work with you. So these are the types of questions that I ask trying to uncover these answers. So like for somebody starting out, I'm trying to figure out what kind of property do they want. And then as we move further on, I'm trying to figure out, you know, when do they when do they want to buy it? Do they want to buy it today? Are they thinking next year? And, you know, and as time goes on, it's pretty obvious if they continue to communicate with me that they end up wanting to work with me. So, trying to find those five-star prospects um, and ask those questions to try to help you qualify them along with trying to answer their questions along the way. I think that whole process um, really has helped me generate more leads and build more relationships online than I ever had before.
1: How did we not meet sooner? I we've ran in all the same circles. I love Joe Polish. Him, I've known Dean Jackson for 20, 20 years. I did a podcast with him not too long ago, and wow. uh, Joe Polish. Um, I was I went to their Genius Network um, event a few years back. So those guys are fantastic. And if you guys have never listened to the I Love Marketing podcast, I mean seriously, you should listen to every single one of them. They're they're brilliant, and those guys are great. They give Damn. so much free content away; it's ridiculous. Um, But So now you mentioned too before we hopped on the air today that you are taking a lot of this information and putting it into a book. That's correct. So tell us about your book.
2: Well it's called the Fast Content Marketing System and I just finished writing it. Um, And it started out as a lead magnet and then I decided well I could probably make an e-book out of that. And then I wrote an e-book that was too big And it was like 40 pages or something and so I was um, sharing it with somebody and they said "Well, why don't you just create a book out of that and I go you know you're right that's probably a couple chapters of my next book and then I just decided you know there's no better time to write it than right now so I spent most of this summer uh, late nights and weekends finishing the book out Um, it's not ready to release yet but we're getting close and um, I, I think basically what I've done is just spilled my guts on the whole system that I use to to um, generate leads online and, and to build relationships that lead to more sales.
1: That's fantastic. And so I'm looking forward to getting a copy of the pre-release. And we will For be sure. sure the minute it goes out, we'll definitely send something out to our list uh, and, and hook them up so that they can get a copy of your book. One thing that I like that you've said and you've said this a few times now today is repurposing content. And so as we mm-hmm. wrap up today, I want I'd like you to explain that a little bit because I think people get so overwhelmed with everything and well, I'll let you say. It. Explain what repurposing of content means.
2: Okay. Yeah, so repurposing content, it's like recycling it or reusing it. So Um, You have a great idea, you write a story about it, and you send it out. You hit send on your thing, and you send it out in the universe, and then you start freaking out because you've got to write another email for tomorrow. Or you've got to create, um, you know, some kind of ad for Facebook. Um, But that's, I mean, because because when you send that out to email, you know, maybe 20% of your list reads that. So there's another 80% that don't. So there's a lot of people that you might have even sent that information to that haven't seen it yet. So it's, it's a good idea to use that content that you created because it's it's time consuming and it's expensive to create. So why don't you use it in more places at once? So what example that I do, or one example that I, that I do every day is once I write that email and I send it out through MailChimp, then I take that same email, and I post it on my website, um, and I usually post it with a picture or some some um, image that I've created, either using Canva, or um, type rama or Word Swag, or something. And so now I've got, on my website, now I've got a, a blog post and an image, which image is good. And then now, once you have that image, you can take that and use that to tell your story in social so I will uh, post that image um, maybe in Twitter with a short little story that kinda tries to intrigue people to go and click on the on the main story on my website or I'll share it in Instagram Um, but the main thing I think about your image and the content is is you're trying to tell that same story in a lot of different places And you can't do it exactly the same on one platform that you do in another because storytelling is is different on Facebook than it is in email than it is on Twitter. So you have to kind of adjust your story a little bit, but you're using basically that same information. Um, And it just, it's like multiplying your content. So it goes out um, to many more people than one, but then six months later, you know people have long forgotten about that stuff that you wrote and you can come back to it again and reuse it in different ways so just because content it to me is so valuable and the reach even though we get it out to a lot of people there there's a ton more that never see it so I think it's it's good for your own personal mental sanity to, to repurpose that so you don't feel like you're constantly having to come up with something new um, now, when you repurpose it, you're not saying the same thing over and over again, but the, but the information is still the same. You're using different words, but you're still sharing that same information. And I think what helps me on social is just being able to try to tell that big story um, with, a, with fewer words and with, with the image. The image really helps to try to tell that story.
1: Well, and one thing I'd like to point out, too, is the value of your headline right? Yes. So how I write, and I'm sure, I don't know if you write the same way, but what happens for me is a headline pops into my head. You know, I hear something and that headline helps me write the rest of the story, if that makes sense.
2: It does. It does. And sometimes it happens to me that way. And then sometimes I start with the story first and write it all out, and then go back to the headline and just refine it a little bit.
1: Yeah, so Um, I have the notes on my iPhone, and so whenever I think of headlines, I pop into the notes and throw a headline in there, and then on the days that I'm stumped, which happens, I get stumped, right? We all get stumped, and we're like, what the heck am I gonna write about? And uh, I love some of the ideas that I get from people like Ben and stuff. Where you know, just crank up some music, watch a movie, go watch, go read the National Enquirer or you know some of the trash magazines and stuff on Facebook, and you can come up with some great headlines. Because the headline is what's going to get people to read your stuff or not.
2: It is. It is. That's so true. And for people that get stuck on stories, one of the things that I do, I, I I use Evernote, but I do it the same way. When it the what, if something interesting to me happens, I'll immediately write it down because if I don't, I'll forget. Totally. Um,
1: my brain is for yes. processing, not storage. There's no storage capacity up there. <laughs> yes.
2: Mine is mine's full. <laughs> so the most interesting thing that happens to me that day, I'm writing it down. Um, if I hear a story that somebody else tells that captures my attention, I'm I'm writing that down. Um, and so I reuse other people's stories every day. Right. Um, now I'm not taking them word for word and, and, and copying it, but I'm retelling the story in a way that, um, that kind of, sh- that kind of tells a story about myself or my business or some, or the market.
1: Well, and, and I, uh, the thing I want to remind people of is that people are nosy and curious, right? Mm-hmm. So they actually enjoy hearing about you. I mean, some people will, some people won't. The ones who don't, so what, right? But the ones exactly. who do, they're actually curious, and they're kind of nosy, and they love to like get this little like peek into someone else's life and feel connected in some way. Does that make sense?
2: Oh, it does. Anytime you can give somebody a little peek behind the curtain, um, that's that's very compelling. They want to see you know they always think that whoever they see online is 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 just the happy version of it right. so if you can just kind of see the who the real person is and get a and you know get a little peek behind the curtain maybe see them in a little bit vulnerable position that is you know that's some real compelling stuff right there that's people the gold. it is yeah
1: well, Steve, I know we're running short on time today, but I did want to talk, I want to make sure that people know a couple of things. First of all, your Facebook group okay. is fantastic. So real Thank estate you. marketing. And what kind of stuff do you post in there? So if people want to go check out that Facebook group, they can.
2: Um, yeah, it's all about real estate marketing. So, you know, a lot of it's on email, or headlines, or story ideas. I do a lot about storytelling in there. Um, we talk a lot about CRM, and databases, some tech, but it's mostly stuff that you're not finding anywhere else. And um, the site is called a Real Estate Marketing All-Stars. It's, it's not a site, actually. It's a Facebook group. Right. And so that is, um, that's where you'll find me. So if, if you want to ask me a question or want more information or um, want to hear first about when my book releases, that's a great place to go.
1: And we'll be sure so, to post uh, a link to that on our show yeah. notes as well. And then uh, I'm so excited about your book. I'm looking forward to that coming out. So I'll look forward well, to the thank pre-release you. on it.
2: And I'm also going to be at, um, speaking at NAR Tech Edge in Atlanta. Oh,
1: fantastic. When and that's is that?
2: On October the 7th.
1: Okay, great. I won't be at so that. I I'm think- going to be in... Uh, well, I'm going to Virginia to speak in Virginia on September 21st, and then I'm going to Inman's luxury event in October, but
2: that's exciting. hopefully
1: we'll connect at one of these events here soon. Are you going to NAR in October or November? The National Assistant, the am, one in Orlando? I'm,
2: yeah, I am. I'm going for the first, I'm going actually a couple of days early um, for some training on the new working with investors class. It's coming out, it's a rebat class. That I'll be teaching um, in the in and around Tennessee next year, um, and so if you um, if you're thinking about working with investors, that's a great class that they're that uh, Ron Phillips is uh, redoing, and he'll be teaching that class. Um, so I'll be at NAR for the first couple of days, but I'm not staying for the for the whole time.
1: Okay, cool. Well, you know what? It's been a joy talking to you, Steve. I knew it would be when I've been watching you on Facebook. So I'm glad we got this time to connect and, and get to chat a bit. And any final final thoughts for our listeners as we wrap up today?
2: Uh, yeah, I'd like to say two things. One, you know, don't listen to the naysayers. Yes. When anybody tells you you can't do something, don't even listen to them. Just forget about it. And the second thing is, what I said a minute ago, is just always start with your audience. If you have, if you're before you do any marketing, even before you spend that first penny, get to know your audience first b- before you before you market to them and it'll make your job a thousand times easier.
1: You know what, I couldn't concur with that anymore. I teach a great class called Get Rich in Your Niche and, and we spend a lot of time on getting to know who your audience is. It's key and it makes everything easier when you know who you're talking to, right? Like create that little avatar, create that person in your mind. Of who you're talking to because a conversation like this one-on-one goes way further than talking to the masses.
2: It sure does. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Steve. This has been a fantastic conversation as always. And for those of you who are listening to Real Estate Real World, thank you. Thank you for listening. Be sure to head on over to realestaterealworld.com and you'll be sure to post your comments. We love to get your comments and feedback over there. And subscribe to us on iTunes, and we would love, love, love your reviews. We would love those because reviews help us get pushed up in the ratings. So take a minute and write us a great review. If it's a bad review, don't write it or email me directly. (laughs) We don't want any bad reviews. I got one bad review. And I was so stressed about it. Some guy wrote that the audio was bad or something. And I like, because when I first started doing this podcast, the funny thing about it is I didn't know anything about podcasting. I didn't know how to record. I was recording on a conference line on my iPhone. And it was just kind of hokey. But I just did it, right? Like many of us get all caught up in all the, the the stuff being perfect before we did it I just jumped in and did it and so so no bad reviews no bad reviews just write me good reviews so again thank you Steve for joining us today everybody go out there in the real estate real
0: world and make it a great day
2: and thank you for having me thank you Goodbye.
0: thank you for joining us today on real estate real world where we talk with masters and leaders in real estate and beyond on how we can raise the bar in our industry. Please subscribe over on iTunes. And while you're there, be sure to give us a review. Your reviews encourage us and help others find our podcast. For show notes and hot topics on what's going on right now in our real estate industry, pop on over to www.realestaterealworld.com and add your name to our email. Thanks again for listening and go out there, be a part of the elite masterclass in raising the bar on the real estate industry.